0: Hello, my children. You betcha. Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and
1: discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, Dad.
2: Welcome to Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me, as always, is Ryan Dunton. Cock. I decided to start Jesus it off Jesus God, that. and Michael Floyd. <laughs> Jesus <Lewis>. God. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Guys, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Supernatural The Crossroads on Rain Man Digital, Crossroads 003. We are talking about Season 12, Episode 18, The Memory Remains. And this one is a, a little bit of old, a little bit of new. It's got some nice... Classic nostalgia for Monster of the Week elements, but it also dives into where the show is going with its current new characters in The British Men of Letters, primarily Mr. Ketch, to a small degree, but a very important degree, I personally feel. Yeah. Um, this one has writer John Bring come back. He had one episode in season 11. Uh,
0: it was Beyond the Mat.
1: Was that it? Which was an okay episode. It was an okay episode. It was a controversial, it was a controversial one. Was yes. that the
0: one with uh, where Dean gets in the... The wrestling ring. The yeah. wrestling, Yeah, I like that. What episode. the hot older lady? Oh, yeah. right. Ooh. Oh. That MILF.
3: <laughs> Sup. <laughs> when you Stop okay, okay, when, when, when you, when in you the get, get to room. my
0: age, we don't call them MILFs. What do you we, call they're, it? they're just women, they're just <laughs> ladies. I mean, you're really not that much older than me, Mike. So I'm yeah. curious. So you should probably quit using the term MILF no, because no, no, unless no, you're no, a 19 year old nah. college douche, you probably shouldn't <laughs> use that word. I mean, look, if she's a mom and she's older than me, she's MILF. That's just how it works, dude. Is that how it works? No.
2: I like how Uh, you guys are coming up with definitions for Urban Dictionary rather than focusing on the fucking show. This
0: is Crossroads, the Urban Dictionary Edition. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) Dude, that'd be an awesome show. Written by Andrew Dab. Uh, Oh, that means it's going to be a dab. (laughs)
0: It's
2: a good episode. Dab. Definition. Now, this one, again, had a little bit of old nostalgia with its new elements for the British Mental Letters. With John Bring back at the helm, the second episode, interesting choices. We had some new characters, some new lore introduced through what was it Moloch Moloch yep Yep. yeah the a pagan god which they did a lot of things different in this episode which I was actually really happy about for monster of the week you know 12th season so it's we know what to expect in a lot of ways and they subtly changed the game just a bit and it's something I think that not a lot of people will notice right away but will feel now
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Now we also have a little bit of Mr. Catch being a creeper, dude. Shocker, okay. right? Dude, let's just be honest here. Like that's stage five creeper. Like oh, we have that, stage five clinging. Y- you want to know? You want to know? You want to know how creepy that is? That's like going onto someone's Instagram and going seventy two weeks deep and liking a picture. Wait, that's creepy. <laughs> that's incredibly <laughs> that's a standard, right that's there. That's incredibly creepy. <laughs> going that deep into someone's Instagram and then liking no, I'm it. I'm talking about taking a picture away. With a child and a mother on there. That's what's weird. Oh, and, and looking at it longingly. Yeah. That's a little weird. Diesel, so this is what you look like. Uh, young. Uh,
2: man. Look at that young. Creepy. Dean. Yeah. Uh. Speaking of creepy, this one did have a lot of Alfred Hitchcock homage in some ways. I think film fans or people who are fans of classic horror in that regard will pick up on it. Much again, like the first season. Again, much like the first season. It, it, this episode to me was a lot of. Little, subtle touches that created a far greater hole. Yeah. Now, of course, before that, we got some news, and this time we're talking about ratings. Unfortunately, Supernatural's ratings have continued to drop since the return from the winter break. Uh, I don't have... The, do you? Is anybody the exact numbers ready uh, at
0: hand? I can. Hold on. Give me a sec.
2: Now, again, winter break does, frankly, mess up a lot of shows, especially as it has gotten longer in I a have lot them. of ways.
0: I, I, oh, sorry, I have we, we
2: leave really early in december we don't come back till late january or february in some cases it is going to throw some people off i think there's no way to not
0: do i that. have them i have them open here now mike is is 0.4 is that um, what are you looking at it's 1.5 i'll say i'm looking at the demographic thing oh, sorry i suck
1: all the way to the right column. It's 1.5. So it's one,
2: one and, oh, and a half no, million is okay, what you're yeah, looking at. 1.5. I see. be very unfortunate.
1: Ratings aren't going to cause the show to be canceled. Um, no, I know not, like, some, not this some There's some talks of ratings, you know, of the show being fine in terms of ratings in the chat room. And that's 100% correct. The show isn't going to be canceled. You're, I think they're on the faith system at this point. They know what the show is capable. Other shows, shows capable. would not be so lucky. Right. They know what the show's capable of doing. Uh, I don't think time slot has anything to do with the with the ratings drop. Uh, a show like Supernatural is always going to have its elite that's going to tune in live no matter what. Um, honestly, I think people are checking out uh, because they're just not as interested in the season as they originally thought. Um, but there's a there's a lot of play. I mean, ra- ratings go up and down. It's like the stock market. Sometimes it's hard to truly pinpoint the reason why. Yep. But when you look at the season where we were having better episodes, and when I say better episodes in terms of ratings, I mean 250,000, 300,000. That's a lot. Uh, you may scoff and say 250 thousand more compared to where we're at now. That's huge. That's not a lot, but that is a lot. Some it is shows the people
2: who make decisions.
1: Exactly. Some shows on cable only get 250, 300 thousand. There's shows on Showtime who only register and clock in 350k, 450k. So that number is a huge number. So if you're dropping and you're losing, you know, people by the hundred thousands. That is something to kind of scratch your head and look at. You got to remember the longevity of Supernatural. um, The reason why we have we're at the reason why we are currently at where we're at in terms of longevity and we're moving into season 13 is is simply because of the TNT bump and the Netflix bump. If we didn't get those bumps after season seven. Yeah, we would probably have been the show probably would have ended a lot sooner. But because of that Netflix bump, because of that TNT bump, it boosted the show and the producers and the CW realized, hmm, there's something here. There's something here with syndication, not just old fashioned TNT syndication, but also the new media of Netflix. Netflix There's something here. Let's go ahead and see where this takes us. There is no new technology around the bend that's going to give us that bump anymore. The TNT bump is it. The Netflix bump is it. Unless some Joe Schmo, who's a genius, happens to invent a new technology that creates ways to beam TV directly into our brains, there is going to be no new bump so ba- in the foreseeable future. So, so basically,
0: so, the Riddler from Batman. <laughs> right. That would work.
1: <laughs> What's his name? Enigma? Enigma? Yeah. Edward Enigma. Edward Enigma. Yeah, if he can get on board, you know, we might have another bump. <laughs> But these, th- this is not me pulling shit out of my ass. These are logistics that are discussed within the TV realm. Unless there is a new technology, the su- supernatural's life is going to stop growing. We're, we're at a standstill. And that's something we have to be scared about in terms of our show. We
2: have to accept... You that know, is reality. I,
1: I'm not saying new people aren't going to cl- aren't going to decide to watch every year. Of course, every year people see it on Netflix on pop up and we'll have those several thousand people, several hundred thousand people watch. But in terms of the huge bump, in fact, I believe somebody in the fandom natural Reddit, I want to say uh, Sparrow. I always forget her name and I apologize. She did an entire beautiful workout on the Netflix bump through research. And it's actually pretty damn amazing. I will see if I can find that link and post it someplace. But she showed exactly what the Netflix bump did for Supernatural. And unless we have that type of bump again, we're not going to see that type of growth and longevity to launch us through. So now that we're dropping, that's why it is important that we are dropping slightly in the ratings. In the grand scheme of things, when you're going from season one to season two or season three to season four, uh, it's different. 20,000, 30,000, 100K isn't a big deal. But when you're talking about numbers, on your 13th, moving into your 13th season, and you're dropping, and there's no sign of growth, that spells that's, that's doom for a TV show.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, you just also have to think your, your sad thing is you're never going to have the attention slash growing potential that you do in seasons four, five, even two. It's a decade in. I know some people that I've talked to about Supernatural, some stupid, stupid people who won't get into the show because there's too much of it, even. Uh 12 seasons, I don't know. Meh. Stop being a wuss. That's what I tell them. It's on Netflix,
1: In watch the ch- it. In the chat room it says uh, Legends of Tomorrow. It does better than Legends of Tomorrow. Um but you got to remember Legends of Tomorrow, the Arrow, the Flash and Supergirl are one giant branding. Yeah. Um and as long as one performs, they will allow the carry other the to others. drop. They carry each other. Um, Now, if one of the episodes or one of the shows completely suck ass and can't pull their way at all, then yes, they're going to pull the plug. But it's different when you have a branding of DC on the CW compared to a show like Supernatural that's been on for 13, moving into 13 years. We're a dinosaur. We're aging. Whereas the branding of DC content on the CW is a whole new endeavor for the CW that they're willing to take some hits on. Because they've put so much money and invested so many dollars. So it's it's too, you can't, it's like comparing a- apples to oranges. You know, it's different.
2: Yeah. And again, this all kind of, it's not to spell doing doom and gloom, but there is realities we have to look at when other people who do crunch these numbers all the time are the ones who make those decisions. So we're staying positive as best we can. And they we also know-
1: say Garth brings ratings. <laughs> So, so, let's more, bring, so, more so we Garth. were
2: right about bringing Garth. Hey, we done I'm okay
1: that. with more Garth. Hey, I'm yeah. okay with that, too. That guy's a gem. Yeah, I mean, he is. He's bring funny. him on. He's funny as hell, and he's a great addition to the crew. Uh, we need some more Garth. Yeah. He's still got Bobby's hat. Just don't have him shoot somebody <laughs> by accident. Oh, jeez. I'm just
2: saying.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Thanks.
2: Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't bode well for anybody. <laughs> now, with that, guys, I think we're going to just jump straight into the discussion here Episode eighteen: The Memory Remains. Ryan, do you have the synopsis and I the, sure the names? For us? I sure
0: do. the names of what? Writer, director, the one directed that we by always Phil Sturcia and John Bring, written by John Bring. Uh, synopsis: Sam and Dean uncover a dark secret in a small Wisconsin town Ugh. when investigating a missing person whose attacker was described as a man with the head of a goat. Is that a good? Did I read that
2: pretty good? Thanks. Pretty good. A for effort. Thank you. You don't actually get a grade
0: here. Oh, but the episode does.
2: I'll get you a gold sticker. I'll have a gold chart and everything for you. The smiley face (laughs) sticker. Now, Phil Screech... What is it? Screechia. Screechia. I'm always going to ruin it, dude. Just get over this fact. I'm always going to ruin it. Just say
0: Phil S. Yeah.
2: Phil S. He's been a director since season one. This guy is a veteran of Supernatural. Episode 14, Nightmare is a great episode of season one uh, One of my favorites everybody loves a clown From season two Ugh. All the way through Hollywood Babylon the kids yeah. are
1: alright He's done some pretty damn good episodes
2: Are you there god it's me Dean Winchester yellow fever which is a fan Favorite yeah that's a great one You know all the way through The most recent episode all dogs go to heaven
1: We like that uh,
0: one <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Every, No one could be perfect No, No I mean look you gotta have one Shitter let's be honest
2: Uh, Executioner's song from season 10 That was a great episode Now his last one was episode 18 So a year ago With Hell's Angel in season 11 And we haven't seen him But it is nice to have Some veteran talent return to the show At this point I think it's You know we want to be positive But I think it's very much needed With some of the mixed reaction we've gotten With season 12 so far he knows so, what he's doing. Exactly. We don't need to have anybody explain things. We don't need someone new to show us to try something new Who's with the show Jared where and it established.
1: Jensen? Can you point me to him Which one's which again? Wh- which one uh the guy in the trench coat. Okay. What's his name? Yeah, you you. Come here for a, I want you to act sad. Yeah. <laughs> action. Wah,
0: wah. Yeah, action.
1: <laughs> now act happy.
2: Action. Good.
0: Cut. Right. That's a
1: wrap,
2: guys. Great. Martini shot. Who's feeling tacos? <laughs> Yeah Now Veteran director With a relatively new writer He's only got One episode Previously under his belt So he's He's got less Time than some of the writers Who started just this season But just looking
1: at this episode He understands Exactly He understands the show He may not have Everything perfect But he gets the essence Of Supernatural He understands it
2: Now I think We should just start with The most interesting element Moloch Oh you said that right I know right Monsters, I can do. People's names, fat fucking chance. <laughs> so, Moloch, A. I don't like a, that phrase. A, that phrase is fat shaming ish. Ooh. Just because you look terrible on camera. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's true. This is We all really do. I, have, I, have, I look like I got stung I by bees. I look
0: fucking amazing. <laughs> I got stung by
2: bees. Dude, I got fat face going you stand on. Stand
0: by me over here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, my he, girl. Oh, my girl. Damn it. Now, Moloch is a... Did did they say pagan god, or is that... I thought they said pagan god. Anything that's not Christian. It's just, that's the term, right? It's kind of a catch-all, for the most part, yeah. Right. Uh, God that has been starved for food by a family for hundreds of years. Now, we've known since season five was Hammer of the Gods, I think, where Lucifer goes and kills Odin and so many others, and Shiva's there. Yeah. We've known for a long time that the... Lore and the world and the religions of right. this world are far greater. We've known pagan gods forever.
1: And that's something that I know we as a group here absolutely love. It, that specific episode of Hammer of the Gods really, yeah. really changed the perspective of Supernatural and how you kind of looked at the universe. What opened the world. It really did. Because beforehand, yes, we had some little iterations of gods in in Supernatural, but nothing to this effect.
2: Nothing concrete that said Norse mythology right. is right on the nose. And an actual entity in Odin. And pagan gods had been villains a couple of times beforehand, but we haven't had them we've had pagan entities or something along those lines recently, but we haven't had not to my immediate straight knowledge, up straight up god level fight for quite some time. Now They were very careful about how they did this one as well from a storytelling aspect to a cinematography and camera aspect. This is where the Hitchcock element comes into play, which I can appreciate because we do not see truthfully. We don't see Moloch. He's never revealed. We see pieces of him. I mean, even on the wiki, the best shot they have of him is from behind with the picture of the horns.
0: uh, Mike and I had this discussion before you got here, Thomas. Okay. And now like we saw in hammer, the gods, we saw the gods take human form. Okay. We, right. saw, we saw them. We got to actually see them. I think this was the bit, one of the pro like, not a problem. It didn't ruin the episode or anything for me. I really wanted to see Moloch.
2: Yeah. And I disagree.
0: And I, and that's fine. You're wrong. But the thing <laughs> is, wow, I'm kidding. No, I, I, I just, I wanted to see the character. I mean, we've seen gods before. We've seen pagan entities before. I want to see the character I want to especially if it's a legit half man half goat I want to see how they do it now whether it be prosthetics or whatever I just think in the lore of everything that we've seen in Supernatural it felt almost like they were hiding this this monster because they didn't want to spend the money to do the, the, the you know to do the CGI or however they were going to do it that, that's what I that's what I felt hold on
1: I I can see your point Ryan and I agree with we've seen gods before, Mm -hmm. and they have taken the form of humans, so why can't we see them, what they look like? But if you remember in Season 5, The Hammer of the Gods, they also took the animal form that they were. We didn't see it, but as Sam and Dean were, I believe Sam and Dean, or was it the Hotel Bellhop, that was walking through the hall, he saw shadows and sounds of what they were in their animalistic form. So it does fit into lore. Now, what I got from this was that this, monster moloch at some point again i'm taking massive assumptions but i got i got the idea that he was almost beaten into yeah. a monstrous form because he was starved he became animalistic in traits to where all he cared about was being fed blood if I, that makes sense is that what I mean, they I said is that what they said they enslaved the guy yeah. and starved him until he was willing to give them what they wanted just for the taste of human blood,
0: I get that. I just think that lately, it's especially on just the CW in general. It looks like they they do these techniques because they don't want to spend the money to to do a particular thing. And it's and obviously I don't I don't truly think that's what this was here. I think they were trying to do this in a in a stylized way. No, but but I, I, th- I
1: kind of think I agree with you. I do think there's a few things to it, though. I think it's more than that. Yeah. I think John Bring wrote an ambitious episode. Right. And the producers came back and said, we can't afford this. Rewrite this. We feel the Hitchcockian vibe that you have here. You're already hiding the monster already till the end uh, to the ending portion of the third act. So why don't we just go with it all the way through? Let's let's save ourselves a buck or two. We don't have the money to produce this and let's go with it and take it up a notch. So I believe it's kind of like a split the difference, which we see that all the time in TV. In fact, Kripke did that a lot in the first five seasons when he would have a very ambitious episode. He would find himself rewriting creatively, borrowing cues from some of the greats, Alfred Hitchcock and other directors of the Times where you'd borrow cues, make it work into the genre that you're writing into.
0: And I and I agree. I mean, most of the time, less is more when with anything. And, I, and I'm OK with that. I just think that the way they had, sh- at least in my mind, and this is just me, and I'm not, again, some of the shots just seem like you know, hey, we can't do this, let's just shoot it this way because we can't show them too much, and, and I and I get that, and I understand, and, and and like I said, most of the time, less is more. I just think in this one, some of the shots, I, I really wanted to see the monster, like see, at least
2: his face. See, that's the thing. I I understand what Mike's saying and what you're saying about budget in some regards, but I'm the advocate of the opposite. I'm the advocate that I thought they did this perfectly, where. You don't see the monster, and again, I've mentioned this time and time again. It is that same concept of the Jaws effect, letting your own mind fill in the gaps with what is that horror down we, in the bloody, blood covered right. Grate.
0: I get that, but we did see Jaws. That's,
2: yes, we did see Jaws. But once you see Jaws, it's no longer a <laughs> horror movie. It's an action movie, and it loses all. It's, of National,
1: its, Geographics. it's National Geographic's. Once you see Jaws, it's just it's just it's
2: a documentary it's, I mean,
0: it's, it's just a thirty foot shark. I it's mean it's not geo. That's yeah. What, yeah.
2: And it loses something not seeing it. And again, this, this to me builds into the love, uh, Lovecraft, Jesus, the Hitchcock vibe. Yeah. How you don't see the psycho murderer in psycho until the very end of the movie, but in some ways it takes away from it. The, the scary shots are seeing the shadows in the window behind the curtain. The scary shot is the overhead shot as she kills the inspector down the stairs. Yeah. The scary moments are the tension. I was on the edge of my seat as Sam's peering into the grate as the abyss stares it, back I was at him. I I'm was waiting. I like was it's going to fucking jump out. It's going to fucking get that's me. That's Phil's directing, man. That is, it is great that directing. That is and well I have done. not, I swear to God, it may have been because I watched it late at night, but it really was. I have not jumped at an episode of Supernatural for quite some time. And this got me twice. Once was when Dean's going through the house and he finds the Bill the Black Bill costume just it's standing racist. there, and it, the camera jumps ahead and he's just staring at him. That got me, just because that disturbing. Off to the distance, there's someone down the hallway staring at you, and you don't know if they're yeah. looking at you or if they're just yep. a coat. Or that's creepy. That's something that you go down your hallway to get a glass of water at three in the morning, mm-hmm. and your fucking coat is all of a sudden a. Axe murderer with a massive erection waiting to kill you. What?
0: Like, wow. Why'd you it's it's so boner in there?
2: Because it's more scary. Scarier.
0: Wow. Now that...
2: Bo- boners scare you?
0: Don't they should. They should scare everybody. That's just why he, gets, he gets a boner. He's like, what it's is It's a fear this? boner. Why do I have this? <laughs> I just flick boners and they go away.
2: Oh, uh, flick. Really? Flick just flick it? How many boners are you assaulted with? I don't know. <laughs>
0: That's so weird. I don't know I, thing, I, I liked
2: that. this element. The shot from the freezer where it's all smoke and red and it's almost this other dimension and there's dead bodies and there's meat carcasses it reminds me of somewhat of saw it reminds me of hell or the cage in some I, ways I agree. and you see the horn demon shadow coming from across the way so much of it leaves my imagination to do the work for me and because of the way in which they shot so much of it <coughs> i really it really connected with it. I, and you know
1: what? And I liked it that they're using the old fashioned fear tactics. And this kind of goes back to our, our writing outline from last week that we discussed uh, using, you know, borrowing nostalgic elements and things that worked from previous seasons. And this is something that they really haven't really delved back into since the first season. There's been a few sporadic episodes here and there littered throughout the last 12 years, but w- a lot of our villains are humanoid. I don't yeah. know how else to say it. They're, they're humans in, in meat suits. Um, And this is something you and I have have gone on and on and on about, that give us a true monster. I I want that creature that doesn't have a human form. And to me, Moloch satisfied that that craving of a true evil monster that you're terrified of, not just some, you know, person who looks like Dick Roman, who's this monster if he chooses to transform into it.
2: And that's the thing. I, I wrote about this a while ago in one of the Pit Stop pieces, but eventually... You're going to run out of a eye color and sharp teeth aren't really going to cut it anymore. So yeah. seeing this otherworldly thing really did feel you know, corny, But this phrase, but it felt supernatural. And I, I totally understand, Ryan, that you wanted to see it. I'm not saying I disliked it. it. I'm just, I'm just I, saying I wanted to see a little more. Part of me did, too, because I'm like, this horned, fucked up dude is terrifying enough as it is. So when we do get to see it, I'm going to be like, okay, this is going to be really good. But there's the chance that it doesn't live up to the expectation in your mind and so deliberately not I showing show that. A lot. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's why that's why I don't show show them. Deliberately yeah. staying away from that. Lights are always off.
0: No, I downplay them. I tell mm-hmm. them it's three inches and then I turn it's four. They're yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> yep. It works. Downplay.
1: Not that small. I've heard oh. that.
0: Oh, for God's sake.
1: <laughs> it's not that small.
2: I also thought this was it was nice to get away from CGI in some ways. Number down. We use it. I'm not saying CGI is bad. It is very, very I like good, very useful. Too. But it's nice to have something else that feels a little well, this bit more was CGI. Real I'm pretty sure at the end. But the actor who played Moloch, yeah, is the same guy who played the scarecrow in uh, the fan fiction. Yeah, episode, I was reading that. Yeah, who played? Uh, there was he's the golem. Yep. This is a big fucking dude. Yeah. So he has played these characters, so there's, yeah, there's makeup to it, but that stomping, that weight, that presence Yeah, It goes back to what
1: we always say. Utilize the tools you have, whether it be CGI, prosthetics, or a costume, whatever. Don't always stick to one thing because it may be easiest, but utilize all tools in that toolbox to give the ultimate look, and that's kind of what they do with this guy. They use the prosthetic, they use the costume, they use an actual person, and then for certain specific scenes, they'll use, they use the, they
2: utilize the CGI. I think from a lore st- aspect, it works too, because you were saying they starved it, and it could just be it's in a bestial form because it doesn't that's give exact, a
1: fuck anymore. Yeah, we, that's exactly but what I But I was also,
2: I was thinking not just that, but it's so weak that maybe it can't maintain a human presence. That' why it's in a freezer in the meat shop. That's you know? kind of what I got
1: from it when they started explaining what they did to it. But kind of taking it back for a second here, l- look at the scene. Um, Sometimes when you give away too much, okay, Uh, uh, I think a a reasonable scene to compare this to that I think almost everybody has seen is Empire Strikes Back and the uh, what's it called the 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 Hoth monster I forgot the the name now the Wampa in the original version you never saw him it was terrifying to me when I was a child you never saw the Wampa you just saw what he did then in the special edition they show you the Wampa and you're like oh
2: it's a teddy bear. It's a teddy bear with tusks. It's huge yeah, fangs. It, it, it gets its it, arm shut off. Yeah,
1: it took away from the that fear that I had as a child. And yeah. it gave it a, it gave it a presence. It, basically, you took your monster out of the shadow and you shined a big old spotlight on him. Yeah. And I and that's why I like things like this when they don't give away too much. I don't think we need to see every element of a villain. This is why we like Wendigo
2: yeah you yeah, know and and
1: I know we're in the minority in terms of the fandom. A lot of people hate on that episode, but to this day, I will stand by it. We talked about it in the uh in the on the uh, subscriber video cast. We talked about the Windigo and how much we liked it and and how it worked for us and this reminded me a lot of that,
2: yeah, and I think this not just the visual effects in some ways, but the episode did a great job through the direction that it made you feel uncomfortable i use the example of sam looking down the great and it's blood covered that, that was creepy that dude. was creepy the whole time you're just on edge waiting for it to happen i think the music and sound effects were really good of when they were used and when they weren't to ratchet up the tension or make you believe something was going to happen and then it didn't you know the empty house that's utterly abandoned except for a relatively active
0: torture chamber <laughs> Dude, that 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 you whole know, place was like
2: the the dead-eyed mask of black bill in the beginning i was a little like uh, it looked a little corny at first to me but when it's in I the house i think that was just the just point that, yeah, yeah it was supposed it, they, to look they like... wanted
1: to contrast the two between moloch and black yeah, bill
2: for sure and it, it
0: definitely hits when you're in the Why's house it gotta be black Oh, you want to be White Bill? Yeah, White Yeah, white Bill. All right. What about Asian Bill? Could oh, he be Asian geez. Bill? Oh. <laughs> How about Mexican Bill? Mexican Bill. I can get behind that He one. has in taco, fact, that has a nice ring to it. Mexican a, Bill. Mexican Bill. He has yeah. tacos for years. He kills you with large burritos. Oh, my God. He a burrito <laughs> That would be in the greatest face. way to die. Yeah.
2: He was killed by Chimichanga.
1: My name is Mexican Bill.
2: <laughs>
1: My name is Mexican Bill. I kill you. I kill you with tacos. I blow up your car.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy crap. Oh, that's aggressive. Oh, God. I come to Juarez and kill you. Juarez. <laughs> oh. How do you know the... You actually know that's the most dangerous city in the world. Oh, I know, dude. I watch documentaries. <laughs> I'm not as dumb as I appear on this show.
2: <laughs> now... I thought, you know, for a Monster of the Week episode, because that's what this was. Absolutely. It, it was oh, yeah. a Monster oh, yeah. of the Absolutely. Week episode. This, to me, is how you need to do it at this point. It, again, it, it we've seen Can so I many. Can I
1: add John Bring to our list of writers yes. that need to write? Yes. yes. This
2: After guy, this.
1: you know, he's a writing assistant. He's not even a full-on writer. For years, since
2: 2013, he's been a writing assistant. Yeah, give this how guy that a work? fucking
1: promotion already. <laughs> right?
2: Jesus Hey, guys, Christ. give me a
1: fucking promotion. I wrote better than Meredith Glill.
2: Oh, Meredith Glenn. I don't
1: even know her name. I don't even know how to say her <laughs> name because she sucks so bad.
0: Oh, uh, oh, come, God, on. come on.
1: Hey, <laughs> dab. Yeah. Can we, can we uh, promote John Bring next year? No. We already have a full staff, Robert. We have uh, Meredith Glenn. Yeah. Get rid of her.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Yeah. Just, yeah. not this gambler and my wife, get rid of
0: her as well. <laughs> Wait, did I say that out loud? I, no, no, Don't no, tell no. her I, said I love that. you, Jeannie. Just dab, just dab all over him and get him out of here. <laughs> Sound good?
2: Jesus. Great. No, you're right, though. <laughs> he needs to be added to the roster of names that we absolutely should be tapping into more. This episode, Beyond the Mat, was controversial for, I feel like, the wrong reasons. It was controversial, yes, but it wasn't a bad episode of Supernatural. It the, wasn't uh, bad the, in The Wendigo
1: was not all prosthetic makeup uh VW says it was all prosthetic makeup in the Yeah it room. was prosthetic and then they added there was a lot of combination of shots to make
2: a mixed it thing. was it
1: was a hybrid shot which is what you should do when you're a filmmaker. Yeah. You utilize everything. It was a combination of various techniques. Yeah. Including practical as well as CGI.
2: Now we were saying that this was a Monster of the Week And it was a great way to do it because it's not something we'd expect. It's not somebody has sharp teeth and a different color eye when they activate, you know, to be the monster. But the risk that we take with this is that now this really interesting figure from lore and from just how it looked visually is gone. And that is something that a lot of the Monster of the Week episodes have fallen into in some ways. Moloch is... Visually, just stunning looking and terrifying from what little we've seen of him. But he's the, in the show, they say he's the god of sacrifice. But as uh, VW in the chat said, and as a Wikipedia entry, if you Google him, he's the god, uh, he's the, for child sacrifice, which is for the a Canaanite god. What is Canaanite? Do you know off the top of your head? It's a here? tribe. Okay. Uh, oh, a Greek. Uh, Greek and Biblical.
1: It's not
0: Greek.
2: It's uh, it, there oh, are wait.
1: there are Moloch has transcended lore. Okay, meaning there's different, just like a lot of gods, ancient gods. His, so this is his old his shit. lineage or lore has been innervated throughout various cultures. Uh, but I believe I could be wrong. VW can fill us in in the chat room because he seems to know uh, quite a bit about Moloch. Um, I believe his root stems from Canaanites. He was the Canaanite god. Uh, and if you again I grew up in a religious household we heard his name a lot. He really? was he was the god of the Canaanites, yeah.
2: And he's associated with child sacrifice, which yeah. is way darker automatically. Super creepy. Now and again this the visual he's covered in Blood or he's only associated with blood From what he eats to the color palette he's Surrounded into what he ends up when when you shoot him With a colt which I was thankful that the colt Could still put him down yeah but you Know but what then you don't have this Monster or villain that you could Tap into in future episodes
1: yeah and I Think that was some of the complaints online That I was reading was like oh what a waste of Potential and I think one of our, our Longtime listeners Don Garrett was one of them Uh and you know I agree but disagree it's I'm kind of split Um because you and I just l- looking at our our season six mishaps that we talked yeah. about in our, in our video cast that we started this past month. Where we talk about some of the things that Sarah Gambles, you know, gambled away. Some of the opportunities to extend her story into five seasons if she had quit throwing everything out and getting rid of things. There's elements that you could have utilized just in season six to extend two, three, four seasons. And honestly, a character or a god like Moloch with the amount of lore and in cultural history that you can derive from this character, you could honestly use him. Again, I'm going to use this word spinoff just because I can't see them using someone like this in Supernatural anymore. Yeah. But they could utilize this type of villain to propel an entire season. If this was like season two, season three, or even a spinoff, this is a
0: viable villain. Let me. I I, I I agree with you. I right? agree, but I want to see him. No, 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 no. I agree, but then again, we also have the cult. And the thing is, you yes, okay. Yeah. Let's yep. let's be yeah. completely honest here. Okay, yes, awesome, awesome villain could totally be used for something else, but the cult destroys that all out of that away knees. because and it's that's like why
1: we need to get rid of the cult ASAP.
0: Yeah, yep. it, because the cult's there and it basically won. It's, it's a one shot golden gun. Bye bye. Doesn't matter who you are. You're shot besides Lucifer. And obviously it's, it's like you, winning the golden ticket. Right. Much. And the thing is like, no matter how cool a, a villain is, if they can get smoked by the cult, it doesn't matter that they're not going to hold anything. Cause all they got to do is in within eye eyesight of this Shooting bag distance. And, and shoot them. Yeah. So, and that is a
2: big disappointment aspect to the cult returning you know, it it worked really well with the Alpha. You know, they right, are incredibly sense. powerful. He's the last one. They are at their 11th hour, essentially, when yep. the rest of the British Man Letters are dead. So using it at that point, after so many years of not seeing it, worked really well. But you're right. When you have that around all the time, because let's remember, they didn't get Doesn't that matter what you bring in until season five. It's the reason why they lost it conveniently for all those years. Yeah. They keep removing it from the story because it served to, with a limited bullet number, kill a Zazel Then, when it was brought back with more, with hot Ruby, infinite ammo, oh, hot Ruby it. was Before. able to
1: make bullets because she's hot.
2: God, they had raised the bullets. stakes Well,
1: Ruby, how does it work? Because I'm hot. Because I'm hot, and I used my tits, it tits to make hot these demon power.
3: <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> demon power. Pa-
1: <laughs> Only blonde demons could do it.
0: Yeah. Like the other other version of me couldn't do it. Like the totally because I'm blonde and I'm hot. I can make these bullets and they come out of my places. And uh, that's how you make the bullets special. Yeah, they're special. (laughs) I pressure. You sound like Dana Carvey
1: from
2: Saturday Night Live. (laughs) (laughs) He's blonde. (laughs) That's
0: true.
2: They they upped the risk factor. In season three, when they brought the cult back, then it disappears for a while again. And then once again, they upped the risk factor with Lucifer and it showed up not being worth a damn because he couldn't be killed by it. So now they bring it up again with the alpha. But if it holds, if if it's it hangs around too long, nothing's a threat. It's Superman syndrome gun edition.
1: Yeah, yeah. And for right now, I think it works like I'm okay with it. I don't think they're overusing they it They've only yet. used it, what, tw- three I, times? I like the swagger that it brings into the show just when, you know, Dean pats his jacket and says, oh, I got the Colt. Like, I not like...
2: Just that, but the six-shooter revolver, yeah, western-style... You don't need to sell no me on tr- that. No tr- I I mean, no. Not you. <laughs> I love it. You love but, that shit. But... I,
1: it's so good. So I'm okay with it now, but they're going to need to tuck it away again um, before the end of the season. Like, tuck you, it, you it between your legs. You need to tuck it between your legs. Cluck like a chicken. It, <laughs> would you fuck me? Oh, I'd Jesus. Fuck
0: me.
2: Anyway, no, you're right. They need to find a way to put that to bed. But I think between Talk it
1: like Finkel and Einhorn <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> and make no, it a day.
2: Either because they're at the end of the season <laughs> with episode 18 right now, or because the British middle will inevitably take it back. Yeah, I think yeah, we're. Gotta, I don't yeah. think we're going to run the risk of that being a crutch. Too soon I think they are no, gonna. I
1: think we're fine right now,
2: yeah, ultimately, I did like Moloch in this one, and I thought it he was a great villain and it did a good job for this small, interesting story. Could it have been more yes, I, but no, i I unlike season six, I don't feel like they built up a lot to this. The difference with no, season six yeah, was I there agree. was multiple episodes of Alphas or the Campbells or uh Balthazar. Or the civil, the civil War in Heaven and the Weapons. There was multiple episodes that led up to this. If Moloch had been, for example, like that, or like the Steins, three, two, four episodes, and right. then just removed from the playing field, that would have been the same style of missed opportunity. Right. Yeah, I agree. But when it's just a one and done, while it is somewhat unfortunate, I think it's better to have a strong one and done than a lukewarm three episode that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I'm just
1: a lore baby so
2: like oh, If, know, if I know. was in the writing room
1: I'd be like guys I, I would need someone To I would need Robert Singer To smack me around I'm like dude just kill these People off quit trying to <laughs> hold on To them because I'd hold on <laughs> to everything That's cool I'm like no 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 we might want to use him Later that You'd would never be, kill I'm, anything admitting it Right dude. now that would be my weakness I can Kill people easily in my shows But when you, when you get like these rich characters like Moloch, it would be, I admit, it would be very hard for me just to bring him in for an episode. But then again, that's the beautiful thing about Supernatural is they can borrow these rich characters that have so much oomph to just be just because of their name. And you can kill them off because, hey, that's Supernatural. And we know that another culture has probably someone just as cool down the road.
2: Yeah, I so, agree. Uh, guys, real quick with that, we want to take a moment to talk about the Patreon page. We just Look at you. I know. Oh wow, you decided to do this? a live read. I know. Wow. We just recorded a, another video cast episode where we talked about season one, episode four, the Phantom Traveler. And we one? had a lot of fun with that one going back to the origin of demons. As again, as you guys know, we've been doing supernatural crossroads for about three years now. And we- Christmas? <laughs> three three yeah, years. Three right? years. seems like three hundred years. And each time we try to bring you guys the best content that we can, but with Patreon, we have the ability to do far more, not just for Supernatural, the Crossroads, but for the network as a whole, and it allows us to do more for you guys. So, if you are a fan of this show, if you have checked out the Patreon at all, there is a ton of different options for you to... What are you staring at me for?
1: Thomas, I, like, I threw him off because he's like really concentrating really hard. He's yeah.
2: super he's concentrated. He's staring at me like a creeper from a window. Like some kid at a sweet shop just, just looking. Just, for me, me, like, hey, just call me
0: catch. I'm going to hey, dig through Thomas. your
2: drawer and, and, and steal <laughs> oh, your panties a of- and, a,
0: and a picture of your mama.
2: <laughs>
0: oh hey, my God.
2: Hey guys,
1: have you guys found uh, Mary's panty drawer anywhere yet in here?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: That, that was, was his real me. mission. Show can me. you point me in that direction? I need to sniff every single one of them.
2: It was never there to get data. Uh, anyway, no.
0: Hey, Dab, <laughs> can we put a seat in here with Mary's panty drawer?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Found some sort of buzzing device,
1: sir. Uh,
0: oh.
2: That would be Castiel finding it. It
1: would
0: have to be. Can you imagine? That was, tell me hey, that this, would be. Oh, my God. This, was, this would, battery-operated uh, toothbrush doesn't have a <laughs> toothbrush part. <laughs> That would be a That would be the best Castiel. Castiel scene of oh all time. Oh my god, time. I would die. Oh. What were we talking about? Patreon. Patreon.
2: Sign so up, guys. If Woo. you guys want to see real-time reactions and gestures to these horrific things we say on a regular basis, check out the Supernatural: The Crossroads video cast through our Patreon page. Subscribe and allow us to do more for you guys, and you'll get to see all the crazy shenanigans that's usually Ryan's fault. Well,
0: why am I always <laughs> the one that gets thrown on the bus for that? you're the show record
3: wow <laughs> the
0: boys watch the girls while the girls watch the boys who watch the girls go by
3: I do I watching them
0: the rain man show the Rain man You got chemical warfare in Syria, and you got like North Korea launching missiles at Japan.
1: Check that out. Are they really launching? Didn't it fall into the water? Yep. Fucking limp dick country. That's a a limp dick country, man. Like, no matter what
0: Kim Jong un does, (laughs) he's just like,
3: oh, I'm very mad. I'm very, very, very mad.
0: He's probably like going, we're going to get it right one of these days. We'll get it right.
2: What if we put wings on this missile?
0: Yeah. That country.
2: It's just like four people running really fast and then hucking in.
1: They're so dangerous, that country, but only if you live within 15 feet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For more Rain Man, visit rainmanshow.com. This is Star Wars from the Butter Tank Exclusive.
1: George Lucas is single-handedly behind the types of sound that we have today. Yeah. He is. He single-handedly, him and Cameron, are behind the visual effects of today. Yeah. Because they push the boundaries. And that's the, my biggest hype on this Star Wars VR thing. Is It sounds to me like they're going to the drawing boards, and they're actually going to be putting together... New technologies to push the Boundaries and I don't think we're I don't think we have the capabilities To create technology like that right now Truly Japan and, is working and, on it Well I'm <laughs> sure there is a, a systems out there In place that look damn good but To mass distribute it I don't think so Yeah I, I don't want to wear glasses I don't want to wear glasses I'm tired of glasses I'm trying to graduate listen It's not technology if you have To put that's why I hate 3D guess what if not technology you Have to I have to put glasses that were made from The 50s on yes it is true Alright, I, I just I'm not ready for that Type of commitment I don't want to <laughs> I'm hoping that we could Do away with glasses I think it's silly That in 2016 We have resorted to 1950s technology In order to view a movie it's It is getting
2: Absolutely
1: there. stupid it's When you think about it there
2: With the new he-
1: helmets I don't want to wear a helmet but, Yeah, you <laughs> wear a helmet I, I want to watch Listen, if you can project it And I can just be Fun and fancy free with nothing on me. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> don't I touch don't, me. I don't <laughs> want nothing on me. I don't want to lock into the Matrix. I want to sit down in the theater and be able to feed my fat face popcorn. And I don't want smudged glasses. I'm tired <laughs> of smudged
3: Smudge glasses.
0: glasses. <laughs> From the Dot com. for more details and get ready for an exciting week. If you've missed our last show, you can also find us on your Stitcher app. Search, back to Tank, and add to your favorites. Thank you, and we will see you very soon.
3: Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AnimandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to AdamandEve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at AdamandEve.com. Previously
1: on Supernatural The Crossroads...
0: The fact of the matter is, is, is in someone who's been hunting for that long, or, or has been somewhat trained by fire. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, is, is a hunter like Eileen doesn't make that mistake. She doesn't point a gun and no, willingly knowing that there's another exactly. person. Exactly, that's why it feels so a little it, weird. It, it, it felt weird to me, you know. Now, again, Dagon just completely just disappeared. Makes it a bit and harder. It Makes it a bit harder. And she did Hey, I'm sure she didn't know that Dagon could do mm. that. Well, it's a demon. She probably knew, but she didn't expect her to yeah, do it. it just, it's just odd. I it it just was odd. odd. I think it raises it,
2: too many questions. If it were Claire,
1: it yeah, would have made a really like, When he's rewriting, re, trying to rewrite this, he's like, Hey, Eugenie, you know she's deaf, not blind, right?
2: Like, oh, my God.
1: Hey, Brad. This is my dad. Hey, Brad, this is Dab. Yeah, I, I have some uh, script notes for you. Oh. Yeah, I noticed that you made Eileen... Um, shoot, you realize she's deaf, not blind, right? She can see there's someone behind it. God? Oh, my God. Yeah, let's go to change this. Sorry, it's already out to uh, the network. It's already being produced, Dab.
2: No, you're right. She, she is established. Plus, Robert this.
1: Singer said I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, Dab. However... It did seem a little odd that they had someone who has shown to be a competent hunter. right?
1: V- very competent. Surprisingly competent. We saw when you're last missing week.
2: when you're missing one of your key senses, too. You can't hear the things sneak up on you. You've got to be a lot fucking better than the average Unless person. Unless it's a vibration monster. Mm. <laughs> it's, a a vibration.
0: it's a vibrator monster.
2: <laughs> it's made entirely out of vibrators.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> the possessed it brings, vibrator. It brings you pleasure. That's how it kills you. You die from pleasure. It's one of those cursed objects. <laughs> ah, it's a horcrux. We're terrible. We're terrible this episode. What the fuck? I made it. monster. Oh my God. No, I didn't. <laughs> You're a terrible person, Mike. I didn't say it. You did too.
3: <laughs>
2: All right, guys, we're back. Now we're going to talk about Mr. Ketch and his pervy ways. Which is pretty evident right off the bat in this episode. He deliberately fucks with Sam and Dean to see where they're going. Then they break in, and I got not exactly an Ocean's Eleven vibe, because they're not stealing anything, but I did get that mentality a bit as they go in. There's a plan. They have a schedule they're keeping to. They're invading and, and taking photos of everything. Mr. Ketch is looking for the panty drawer, as we already discussed.
0: Yeah. Do you think they went into the bathrooms and took pictures of like the toilets? Like, What if Dean left a turd in there and he's like... <laughs> 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 we've, we've, got,
2: we've got a floater here, guys. Take it for analysis. <laughs> <laughs> See where they've been eating.
1: Well, uh, Mr. Ketch uh, apparently Mary Winchester was actually visiting earlier, and this is her bathroom. I'd be like... Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerio!
0: <laughs> Cheerio! Cheerio! <laughs> Let me just check these drawers real quick. <laughs> See if I can find a vibrator monster.
1: Hey, where's the...
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh,
1: guys, when you were doing, you know, while you guys were
0: looking around, did you guys
1: find the uh, dirty clothes anywhere? I'd like to go and, and do a little sniff rounds. <laughs> oh,
2: God. <laughs> we're taking them for soil analysis. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Find hey, listen, out where they've been. We're
1: making jokes. You guarantee why these guys are writing this oh, episode. Yeah. They're
2: thinking that. You know At it. least the... Ugh. Mr. Ketch, as yeah. the actor, I think, had to think, this is yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. So, he goes through their entire bunker, which, again, we know he has access to, but even though it's men letters property, it very much felt like a violation. Very much like a break in and entering. Uh, yeah,
0: it was a beanie.
2: For ask, sure. They, they, did, set they up,
0: definitely did not ask yeah. permission.
2: They, <laughs> they did not have consent to enter. They yeah. set up <laughs> wiretapping devices. They take <laughs> photos of everything. Catch flat out steals that photograph which we know means a lot to dean that that, that, that photo has been, been one around of, one of 3 that is in any time they look at photos that's one of them it and always that's the shows mom up. picture so he's going to know that's gone in a matter of days
1: scrap tyler says that was nothing but fan service let's get closer let's get a closer look into dean's roars <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just, I, I, I like. I half expected in some shirts to just be boxers or briefs, and finally answer yeah. the question. Well, I thought
0: yeah. it was, I thought it was nice that you what know, is... whitey tidies. Oh but that turned, would that turn women off across the globe? Turn everyone stains, off. White oh.
2: skin marks. No, <laughs> well, come he on. Sa- he
1: said that he flips them and wears them again. So yeah. I mean, he is
2: filthy. He, uh,
0: that's, true. He is a dude. that's he is. Maybe that's why we didn't. He see is that.
1: essentially Ryan dadden dad.
0: What? <laughs> yes. No.
1: Yes, when I watch Supernatural, I always yeah. Ryan you think, so? Oh, wait, yes, so, so I I'm do. Dean, kind of yes. Wow, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying I'm you're as, take I'm that. not saying you're you know as good looking as him. Oh, oh so, but okay. his mentality and how dudeish he is is very yeah. much you. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well,
2: yeah. So eat, going to eat food like
0: a which 20 which to me is very chicken. unattractive.
1: I like Sam. Sam's wow. my style.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. I find <laughs> you unattractive. <laughs> I don't like guy guys. That's probably why I'm not gay. <laughs> Come to think of it, it all makes yeah, sense. Uh, I guess that makes sense now, yeah. I, you like, like, I like, you like, like the twinks. I like yeah, my guys pretty, the girls. So yeah, I you guess like the girls. It all makes sense now.
2: <laughs> That's what you have to tell your mom. It now the, makes sense. I
0: came to the realization that I'm not gay, I guess. But yeah, it makes sense.
2: Good Lord. Jesus. We see how much he cares Jesus. about Mary Winchester, but we see it through Ketch's version of admiration and. Caring for somebody, creepy stage five clinger stalker syndrome. I did like how he flat out he said something that we've talked joked about them saying to Dean. I'd rather be with
0: your mom. You know what we're doing? Yeah, I'm putting my pee pee (laughs) in her vv. What? I don't know. I'm making shit up. Five (laughs) now? Yeah. Saying horrific things a minute ago. Now it's (laughs) pee pee and vv. I put my pee pee in her vj. (laughs) No. I can't even laugh at that. We know, <laughs> but, but I'm going to because so bad. <laughs> Terrible. It, that line, though, uh, okay, all joking aside, that <laughs> line was pretty pretty hilarious. It was funny. But well, I like how he's like, I'd rather be with your mom. I didn't hunting, say hunting. Yeah. I'd rather be with your mom. I chuckled
2: pretty
1: mom. hard because of what we said the previous week about... Oh yeah. How we would say things and like and how Ryan specifically said, Yeah, I'm fucking your mom. (laughs) Because essentially that's what
2: Ketch just said. In a sophisticated way.
0: Yeah. In a very British way. Yes. That's what he said. In the the Queen's language. I'd like to put me tallywacker inside you. Oh (laughs) jeez.
2: Spotted dick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, We know he cares about Mary, but again, it's in his creepy way. But
1: does he, and
2: that's the question I have, does he... care or is obsessed with? Right. Is is
1: there a lust factor there, which whatever is fine, which that can also, lust can also veer someone into their court, okay, onto their team. But does he like her? I don't know if it's the way they're playing it, the way it's being directed. Now, we all, we already know Phil is a good director, so he wouldn't give people Improper adjustments. Like he wouldn't tell the actor who plays catch to act a certain way or hey, let's oh, he wouldn't work with him during the scene, but how to convey an it you know an idea. Yeah. Incorrectly. Yeah. You know, so it is coming off as not love, but more like it's obsession. I, maybe a bet. And a I'm bit. wondering if that's the way they're going. Not I don't want to say full on obsession, but I yeah, I think I don't it's know. too
2: I think it's maybe too infatuation. It's almost too early to tell. They're very much painting it as he is a creeper. He is a bad dude. He is going to be a threat against either Mary, the brothers, or both. However, at the same time, he does a couple things that don't make a whole lot of sense. And this is something that I made a note of, but the chat has brought it up as well. They have bugged everywhere. They've hidden them in the inside devices that are then mounted on the wall above the door jam that they never look at. Yeah. But then he puts a microphone directly under the table where they sit frequently, where we know Dean has a gun, and if they have, because he kept that one mounted under the table. Valid point. If they have checked everything as well as they have, why did he put a microphone there? Right. Now, the, there's two sides to it. One, he's kind of stupid. No, this is how they're going to be caught. Yeah. You know, two, does he care about Mary? Even if he is a creeper and he takes the photo and they have that ominous music, does he care about her enough? And as a result, by extension, her kids to give away that the British men of letters know about that are listening in and are doing something right now. They're playing catch again, very much. With mystery around him. We don't know if he's good. We don't know if he's bad. We don't have his intentions, if they're good or bad. We know he's a more of a violent character or a more anti-hero character than Davies and many other characters at this point.
1: A sociopath is very unpredictable. Yeah. You don't know fully or understand sometimes what their motives are. Um, In fact, in the chat room, Joey Cool says that David Hayden Jones, which is the actor that plays Catch, has made it pretty clear that Catch is creepy slash obsessed. Yeah. So that may be uh, a little what interesting get, angle to play by the end of the story. But even if he is
2: obsessed, he could still leave that microphone there for them to get caught deliberately. Yeah. Either it's a dumb move or he's doing it intentionally and either way it brings up a lot of questions as to a when do the winchesters find out b what happens and still to a mild degree what side is Ketch going to be on even if he doesn't like the winchesters is he going to try and help mary yeah. does that extend to keeping the winchesters alive by proxy is he in love or is he obsessed yeah i don't it, think he's exactly the character for love but in his own warped version of that he might be
1: there is a very Big and clear difference between Mr. Catch and Mick Davies. Very yeah. different. There was a moral dilemma that created the issue with Davies and following orders. Catch, there isn't a moral dilemma. He's not struggling with that. He's simply struggling with his current infatuation with Mary Winchester. And what does he do? And I think that's ultimately going to come into play. Obviously, I think that the the rules still abide that we laid out. The wild card is still him. Um, I'm leaning to the fact that he will choose Winchester, but team Winchester may not include all the Winchesters and may include simply Mary. Yeah. Especially after they insulted him by calling him a cheap version
2: of what Christian Bale, what did they call him. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, that was a like, great line. They made an obvious point for him to hear that, and he made a face. So, yeah, plus
2: we know that A, Dean doesn't agree with his hunting style, they don't trust him. He's like you said, he's unpredictable, but yeah, I mean, re- uh, regardless,
1: I it's interesting whether you we're not really. The, the, the season has not really truly been designed to fully understand where catch is at.
2: No, right. Especially after he's the one who killed Davies. And how will they respond to that?
1: Right. We're not supposed to know all the answers. I think it's meant to for us to kind of do exactly what we're doing. We're questioning. I think the idea and I think what's interesting this year is the perspective switch that we've seen coming off of the second half of the season, moving in from the winter break and moving into this season or the second half of the season. We see that there's been a very obvious perspective uh, switch, meaning we're not Dean and Sam have become Window fixtures or window dressing And a lot of the emphasis Has put into the perspectives of The British Middle Letters I.E. McDavies, And now by death Has transferred over to Catch We're looking at this from their perspective A lot, um, it's almost as if Sam And Dean are on cruise control And they're there yeah. just kind of Going through, and I'm not saying That's a negative, they've done this in the Past with other with other seasons, not to this, not to this
2: amount. And I think some fans are starting to resent that. Yeah, not
1: to this amount. They haven't done this, but they have definitely done this in in the past. But they are focusing on on the British mental letters and their perspective. We've all but have had almost zero true insight into Sam and Dean. And most of the insight has been into catch and into the minds of McDavies. And for right now, I think it's working. If I think it's going in the if it's in fact going in the direction that I think it's going, then I think Dab's decision to switch perspective is a good
2: decision. I, I can understand. First of all, yes, I agree. If they do it properly, it could work really well. But I also I understand a lot of fans being less than enthused that Sam and Dean have really taken a back seat. I mean, you've got Castiel and Rowena and Crowley's part part in. Trying to capture Lucifer or Castiel going off to help Joshua or probably still holding on to Lucifer as a coin slash, you know, trophy at this point. And then you have the British Man of Letters take a huge part of the screen time. Castiel's hunting Kelly Klein. The brothers are kind of hunting monsters and involved with the overall plot, but Outside of escaping the U.S. government, they're not directly involved with a lot of the main problems of this season. You, and that and the Prince of Hell, Ramael, which is one reason why I, for myself and a lot of other fans, it was a, that was one of the best episodes.
0: Do you think, you know, once they find out that Mick is dead, do you think that will change things? They will become less of a window dressing and more of an active participant? I think
2: that will kick in once this season finally kind of pulls the trigger.
1: It's good that there will be that moment. And that's a question that I pose in the show notes. What will be the moment when Sam and Dean become not the fixtures around the window, but they become more than just the set dressing and they become the centerpiece once again. They become the focus of the story. What's going to be that turning point this season that's going to kick them into
2: gear? A lot of the season has felt like we're building kindling. We've got this nitroglycerin yeah. and we've got this fire and a lot of tinder and dry sticks and shit. The, the app that
1: Ryan tinder,
0: uses? yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> exactly. Hell yeah. Swipe right, baby.
2: We keep thinking that, okay, Lucifer's out. He's going to be the main villain. Oh, right, that didn't exactly turn out to be. The British Men of Letters, they're going to be the main threat. Well, sort of. And they keep doing this a little bit to where we keep believing that this is going to be where it takes off. Yeah. And it hasn't. And it hasn't. But I, it keeps building on this. And eventually, there's going to be a firecracker that goes into that and just explodes with yeah. threat and problems. There's going to be And a that's going to be either Lucifer breaking free from uh, Crowley's clutches, the Nephilim being born... The British men of letters and the result or the revelation that Davies is dead and they're hunting essentially the Winchesters now. One of these things, if not all of them, at the same fucking time, is going to finally set it off, and that's when the perspective should theoretically shift back to the brothers and even maybe Mary or Castiel, the team Winchester, on how they're going to deal with these threats. And this is kind of where we've been saying this is a buildup slash somewhat not reboot but re. Building season refocus you set up all the stuff you take some time to build your fire then you light it and then that launches a scene to a hopefully far more dynamic season 13 and that's that. the question is the when will that happen and what exactly will that be yeah
1: I don't know see the more and more we see episodes go by this season the more I feel like and I, I know this is not I hope but I don't think this is what they're doing. But when you change the perspective of a show, you look at other shows, uh, you know, let's take something of, um, let's take something recent and on the same network. Let's look at the comparison between the Vampire Diaries and the originals. When you change perspectives of characters and you introduce new characters and you take the focus of the story essentially away. And what I mean, yes, the focus is always Sam and Dean, but this season, everything's happening around them. They're not the actual moving parts that are deciding things. Yeah. when you see that happening in shows, when they change that perspective, usually they're setting something up. And in a lot of ways, this feels like a backdoor season. Not a backdoor pilot, but a backdoor <laughs> season. Yeah. Um, I, if this was definitely the purpose, then I can totally get on board with that. But you saw this thing happen, a similar thing happened with the originals in the Vampire Diaries. Vampire Diaries introduced these characters uh, called the originals. Okay, They were in for about two years. They changed perspective and started, uh, started connecting us with these characters, and they became the center point of the story. Next thing you know, they create a spinoff on these characters. They remove them, and the other show continues uh, unhindered. Right. Okay? Because they did it the right way. And it almost feels, again, I don't know what, you know, I, Dab is, is hard to pinpoint. His decisions, he's the most (laughs) difficult showrunner to kind of pinpoint. I think that's simply because we don't
2: know. He hasn't enough time. He's
1: very difficult to figure out what exactly he's doing. But if I didn't know better, I'd feel like because of the perspective change, and it's very overt, it isn't subtle, there's a big change in perspective, I would feel like he's getting us ready for a spinoff. That's what it feels like. I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm saying that's what it feels like. And if that's what it feels like, that may be an issue with your perspective change.
2: It could be. I, I... Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I, I could see it going that route of a backdoor season spinoff easily. Yeah, why why
1: change the perspective to focus on characters that essentially don't matter. The men of letters, the British men of letters for what are they going to have a bigger story down the road? If not, then who
2: the fuck cares <laughs> i'm just being honest no you're not wrong like
1: and i'm not talking i'm not talking shit i'm not even being necessarily critical i'm just saying if you're going to change your perspective which you obviously did there's got to be a point to it
0: you can't just What's do gotta it make for the sense. Sake of doing it right. you can't just do it because you feel like fucking doing it uh, yeah it's and, tuesday uh, fuck it yeah uh, that's are you
1: doing it because we care that you want us to care more about the in death of that may happen to catch guess what? You can do that other ways. You don't change the perspective from our main characters unless it's really going to matter in the end. So that's why I mean, my anticipation for the season finale is very, very, very high.
0: I mean, it would totally make sense. I mean, it would totally make sense with, with what they're doing with some of the other shows on CW. I mean, look how they started Legends. It exactly. was a completely backdoor season to all those characters, respectively, on, on their shows. And they said, boom, at the end, they said, hey, we're coming together and we're making this show. Yeah. So it totally makes sense the way they do it. Someone in the chat room Said that Pellegrino t- tweeted out and said, "If you didn't hate Lucifer n- before, yeah. now you will hate him at the yeah. at the season." I read season that. which also ratchets which means, up
2: the, the anticipation and hopes. Dude, for he's gonna stakes. he's
0: gonna kill Crowley or Cass. He's got to kill somebody or Mary. Ugh. Yeah, but that wouldn't do it. Cass and Crowley would really piss me off.
1: He's gonna yeah. make love to
0: Mary. Mary's gonna love it, That's and she's gonna, gonna she's, have, she's gonna have triplets. Yeah, Ugh. and they're gonna be Dean, Sam and and uh john adam oh, john 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 winchester oh, that'd be weird yeah well i it, had my own oh because lucifer
2: banging mary winchester wasn't weird enough nah, that's not
0: weird man lucifer's got needs man oh geez. shit <laughs> <laughs> but i i just feel like i feel like i'm I, I, I agree i feel like it would make sense if this was a, a backdoor season to lead them into showing us that i i think it would make sense, but in the end, of the end of the day, do you really think that's what they're doing? I mean, do you really think... My honest opinion? Yeah. No. Okay. That's what I thought. Because I, 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 I kind of feel the same way. I mean... I don't think they're priming not us... Not intentionally.
1: They're not priming us for a, a, a spinoff, because they don't have the manpower to, to split off right now. Do
0: you think they just get, they just, they're, they're going to give I, up I on this? I think they're
1: making a decision to change perspective, and I honestly feel Andrew Dabb doesn't understand
2: that he did that
1: yeah That's... <laughs> Thomas, do you agree yeah
2: i do i don't want to be negative I, like i'm
1: not trying to but, be negative either but i feel like if you change after it, if you change the perspective smoke. on a, on characters there's got to be a reason for it like, they did it at the beginning of the season and and focused on you know other things where nobody was really the perspective it was kind of things just happening around them Castiel was yeah. doing this Crowley was doing this But the Sam and Dean were like oh you're you're going after Kelly Klein Sweet All right. Oh your guys are chasing down Lucifer Okay let us know if we can help Like it After was, a certain they,
2: amount of smoke you have to admit there's a fire
1: Right I'm hoping That Dab is doing this intentionally And you know The, the positive supernatural fan in me is saying yes It would make is.
2: sense As opposed to building up an episode And saying this is the backdoor pilot and this is what we're going to base everything off of, especially after the reception and, and fan feedback on bloodlines. If you did it in a far more subtle way, like this season could potentially have...
0: bloodlines. <sighs> <laughs> he hates that. He, hate said, it so much. he said motherfucker. He did. <laughs> <laughs> He's that makes mad. It, that makes it totally worth it, actually, yeah. that I did that.
1: He already left. Did, he, did Thomas scare you?
0: No, it was just funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Having. Oh, Jesus. God. <laughs> Thomas, I don't understand why you're so upset at me for liking lines. You I'm, need to calm down, Thomas. I'm close friends as I lead. <laughs> 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 All you're right, terrible. Oh, I,
2: I do see the advantage to not focusing on a single episode, though, and throwing out some ideas throughout a season to see how people react to it. And test the waters for some interesting Characters what about this is this stuff that People are engaged enough with To warrant a season without Hey here's all our eggs in this one Basket throw the basket off a cliff That essentially Was bloodlines in many respects So I could see them doing it I don't believe They've done that I'd like to But I don't currently at this Point we'll see how the season ends but at This point I don't believe that's the case So yeah you know, speaking of endings, not just Mark Pellegrino's ominous tweet, which makes me giddy, frankly.
0: Yeah, but what if he kills Crowley?
2: <laughs> that will be terrible, but we've talked about it before. At some point, these characters have to go. Whether it's Paul, end of you, season, whether it's the end of season cry. 12 or it's the end of the show, eventually oh, yeah. they well, have sure. to go. And I will be upset beyond Dude, he's belief. Come in, he's going
0: to be so morbid.
2: He's but a, I've been thinking that, frankly, this most of the season, Crowley is playing with his food, and it's about to bite back. He's a cat fucking with a mouse, not realizing that the mouse has, like, a chain gun. It's going to wow. fuck him over. What an analogy. So, it wasn't the best, but, you know, it's late it works, in the show. I got it. <laughs> but speaking of endings, we had a very heartfelt moment in this episode, yes. leading all the way back to seasons one through five. Which, for me, came out of kind of nowhere. I did not expect that. Not at the ending. I did not I to didn't be at the coming. end of this one, where Sam and Dean take the time to carve their initials into the table of the Men of Letters Carved bunker. Carved up that table, like <laughs> the library. Now, a lot of people, I, I know, some people are not fans of the bunker and prefer more the open road and the the car. And the hotels. Really? Have you read I know the, have a few you people. Not, not, I haven't read it so much through the hardcore fandom, but people I know who watch the show yeah. in person, I've had this discussion with. Baby will always be their home, but the bunker is the second closest thing they've had. It's the only permanent residence where they had a bed, and it is directly tied to their grandfather and their father's legacy. And since season eight, they've been talking about legacy. We always had the idea that it was just baby And and the car itself was The legacy and what people remembered of them Was going to kind of be it That's what Sam alludes to Here when Dean asks if they'll be Remembered a hundred years from now Which for me One smacked immediately of Wow you know I love this show And I know it's been renewed for season 13 And I never think about it ending but this Was a moment where it really hit It'll eventually End and I honestly don't know how I feel about that. It's weird. This has been such a big part of my life. Just even for Dean to entertain the thought there and sc- carve into the table
0: something that I hadn't seen for years. Well, I like that brought back a ton of memories. Well, I like that they paralleled it too with the, the shot of them. I love um, carving in the back As of kids, baby. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I, I, I mean. Anytime they, they bring up old footage and things that yeah. we've seen before, it, it's cool yeah. of them to do that. Yeah,
1: and also just remember the point we highlighted last week about uh, what they're doing. Right. <laughs> Bringing back nostalgic yep. elements yep. so that we are mentally bookmarked into remembering things that we liked while they're trying to reboot the series. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, read that. I posted it on our website, RaymanDigitalMedia.com. I put the our actual outline, and you can see exactly what they're doing.
2: Yeah. But while it it was effective as fuck, I'll admit that. But it honestly did tug at my heartstrings a lot more than I anticipated. I don't know.
1: I I, I liked it, and I like look at me being the negative. I know. What's up, Thomas? This is
2: weird. This is weird. Like I
1: do agree with you, Thomas.
2: Like, but you didn't have any emotion or feeling. No, no, no,
1: no. (laughs) I really, really liked it, and it was touching. But but the questioning of legacy and their importance was touching, but it was very trivial. When what, when, with what we already know of them and what they know of themselves. Okay. Yes, I they, can see where you with one, this. Number one, the legacy. They, why would they question what's our legacy and what we're going to leave behind? They already know they are God's chosen one, as we heard in season 11. Yeah. That's legacy number one. Legacy number two, Castiel informs them, the brothers, that yep. Chuck's series of books will be known as the Winchester Gospel in the future. That's pretty fucking big. That's a legacy that you will be remembered by for all time. You're included in the Bible. True. So for them to sit there and question their legacy.
2: I think it's twofold. I feel
1: though. like it's, it's, it's a bit silly because they already know that they resonate within the history of mankind. They resonate within the history of the universe. They already know that they're very important.
0: Right. But, but the whole parallel, too, is the Britishman of Letters is there to bring them down. And, like, what have they done? What have you guys done? You guys... Fuck up everything. The timelines and you're things right. are all jacked up. So you're yeah. right. So that's why they're you're, second guessing themselves. Right. But because of the British Men of Letters. So I, I can understand. Yes, I get your point, Mike. No, I
1: I agree with you now. Uh, and that brings me to my next point, why this was seen was a kind of pointless. We already Sam echoes the, the contradictory s- sentiment that because we left the world better than we found it. Okay. And you're saying he's questioning. Yeah. Okay. Since season nine with the introduction of demon Dean, they have been questioning the good that they've done. Yeah. How much good have we really done? Dean death telling them, I will take you out of this place and put you someplace where you can no longer do harm to the universe. Dean, Sam, how many times have you chosen your brother? Sam and Dean have been struggling with those exact sentiments for the last three seasons themselves. They've been hearing that they've been Carver has been working towards that season 12. In a lot of ways, we've been even thinking, is this the whole purpose of the British Middle Letters to be some type of comeuppance for Sam and Dean? The fact that, yes, they're doing good, but because they always choose themselves and family, it's a curveball to the universe. In the end, it isn't the best choices that they've made that they aren't the best choices they've made. And now we hear Dean or Sam contradicting the way they've been feeling since season nine. We've done good in this world. This is not how you felt four episodes or 18 episodes ago leading into season 12 where you second-guessed yourselves. And it's not just one moment where you second-guessed yourself. They've been building that for two and a half years. That's why this feels like it's a great moment to bring us back to the nostalgia of Sam and Dean and to remind us why we love them and the moments we like. But in the retrospect of the last Four seasons, it's meaningless They're contradicting everything They put out the previous seasons Now, if they wanted to focus The attention on family And what they leave behind
2: Yeah, that's the kind that of where would, it's, That would be okay Well, it's twofold, so I completely get what you're saying Yes, they are kind of contradicting on whether or not They've done enough good, especially this season That was what we thought the question was going to be From the end of season 11 And the end of season 10, moving fo- into The following seasons, as well as, again, I keep referring to Rock well, hold on, Won't second. Die. I hate to interrupt you, Tom. I'm sorry. No, but, you're good.
1: Oh, before you give me a rebuttal, take this into account as well. Okay, because if you can convince me, fine. Forget last season, this season. Yeah. Billy the Reaper. Yeah. The entire point of Billy the Reaper this season was to bring about the cosmic consequence and how they choose themselves over and over and over again. Whether that's good right. or bad. That's up to you as the audience. But the point is that that question has been posed. Now, again, they're contradicting something that they actually stated this season.
2: Yes, but and I think because of the contradictions is kind of why he even has the question. In some respects, you have they are God's chosen. OK, great. Castiel says this is going to be a gospel. Well, we were also told the apocalypse was going to happen. What how much of that is fact Chuck saying that you guys are the chosen ones probably is fact that we can take but it's a passing conversation on a park bench to Dean it's not to Sam it's not some grandiose moment and in a lot of ways it you talking about the books no the you are the God's chosen oh yeah you and the other chosen ones. It feels very much like when your parent tells you you're handsome or you're the best student. It's like, okay, yeah, you have to tell me that.
0: <laughs> it smacks of that. I, I mean, intention. I am. I mean, let's be honest. And then
2: you have this kind of asshole, and that's where you get. <laughs> but with Castiel, how much of that information was actually accurate now? The Winchesters have f- literally fucked with history, fucked with the timeline, fucked with death. Yeah, destiny. but that doesn't
1: change the Does, word of
2: God. Like, that's something
1: they've always but stayed But the Bible true has to.
2: always been written by other people.
1: But those exact books were written by him.
2: God. This is true. This is true. I,
1: I, I, know, but it's, I, I know it's but silly and it's semantic. Almost
2: argue that. But I get what you're saying. Let's take that as read. So the, that's the good that they've done or that they know they are doing the right thing. But like you said, that then contradicts what they've been feeling like in their direct actions, not just last few seasons, but specifically this season when Sam says what we did wasn't to win. You know, they killed Billy the Reaper, causing cosmic consequences to come back in their face. And they are asking, are we doing any good compared to what the the bad that we've done in as as a result and the crossover? So I don't think it's that that is completely trivial and not worth it, or that they are stupid questions because of the gospel of Winchester and I, I, the Chosen. I, I like the I moment.
1: Think, I like the moment. The I, moment's fine. And yes. it serves and it fits into the... The stylistic approach that we always take with Sam and Dean, and it's touching, but I feel like those chosen words probably should have been written slightly different to fit what they've been working towards, obviously have been working towards since the ending of season nine.
2: I feel like Dean's question is fair. What is our legacy going to be? Because we've done a lot of good and we've done a lot of bad. I do agree with you. I feel like Sam's response is a bit too ignoring previous years of questions that they've had. Sam immediately saying, oh, these other people will remember us, or oh, we won't be remembered at all. Both smack of contradiction, whether it's the Gospels will be how you remembered, and you know that, a hundred years from now, so you will be, or the people we saved. Well, there's also the people you condemned. There was a whole season, uh, a whole episode about the ghosts coming back was, I can't remember all their names, but Meg's ghost. Yeah, the guy, I guy, like that episode. The, yeah. the agent yeah, I can't remember his name. Haunting them in some ways because of what they did. So Sam's honestly, the writing of Sam's response is what bothered me more. Sam or Dean's question, I was like, yeah, what is your legacy going to be? Is it going to be the guys who stopped the apocalypse and who did great things and are the Winchester Gospel, or is it going to be those fuckhead hunters who brought about the darkness and Lucifer was set free twice because of them, and the Nephilim was born. You could go either way with that. I think his question's right. I feel like Sam's response is short-sighted. So I, I understand what you're saying. I, it I, it I, did emotionally though, it did work. I don't
1: blame the writer for this. I think John Bring, is that his name? Yeah. I think he wrote with what he, had. What he knows. And um, the person who should have probably fixed those words is Dab. Sh- like that, that type of stuff comes down to the showrunner.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It, it does. That's where you have to keep the uniform vision.
1: And you know, and to be fair, twelve seasons is a lot to keep in line. Okay. But we're also talking about the last three years, including your mm-hmm. own season.
3: Yeah. So I
2: I, I don't know. I think I you bring
1: it down, Thomas. God <laughs> dang,
2: I feel
0: like yeah. Fuck.
2: Well, it did it was a good emotional scene. It still worked. I still liked them carving into the table and it was very much a brother I don't know. moment. Way to bring it down, Mike. It just, felt,
1: dude, it felt like you them, felt like it was token. It, it felt like them trying to bring us back to the nostalgic that feeling of the earlier seasons I liked it because I'm a sucker for that type of stuff. But you were mad but because you I, liked it. As a fan of Supernatural, I was like giddy as hell. I love this, and I got tears in my eyes. But as a critical critic analysis and a critical analysis, because I have to do that, I review it,
2: and I'm like, yeah,
1: that serves for one point to serve up nostalgia to
2: us. You're not wrong. I won't say that you're wrong. It just depends on how they pull it all together. And uh, it's kind of up in the air still. I think they have been building this powder keg explosion, but it has to fire off for it to mean anything. Pellegrino's ominous tweet does make me feel more positive, though, towards the upcoming episodes. I'm not saying anything
1: negative, per se, about the season. I'm just saying that there's certain things that,
2: that need to be worked on. Structure yeah, needs I feel to like be there's, focused. Th- there's
1: finesse that I feel like is dropping. Yes. Little things that can ultimately fix
2: little tiny issues. No, I agree. I, I think it'll ultimately come down Having to... Having magic fingers, if you will. It's all about uh, touch, not just ramming at home. Exactly.
1: Uh, just about foreplay. Just a little bit of a little flicker a little bit sometimes. A <laughs> little, bit, little bit of flick
0: of the finger motion. Just a little flick of the bean.
1: Yeah. The right yeah. amount
0: of pressure at the right Just a time. little DJ diddles. It's
1: not about it being overly aggressive sometimes. A little yeah. swirl now yeah. and then. Yeah, do, do the alphabet,
0: you know? <laughs> oh my! Don't go God. A
1: to Z. Go A through Z.
0: Throw some
2: numbers in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my.
2: God. Maybe oh. the Greek alphabet. Oh Jesus! All right, I think it's time for us to bring up our our final reviews on this one, guys. Ryan, I'm going to start with you. What did you think about this episode overall? From catch to legacy, nostalgia and- to
0: uh, Moloch. Um, I mean, I, I talked about it earlier. I, I think I just, the episode, I, I really liked the episode I, I did. I, I liked the way they played it. it. They, they threw some misdirection in there. Um, and after you guys talked about it, I think I, I understood what they did with Moloch a little bit more, um, you know, with the shots and using the camera angles and everything. I, I get that. I do. I, I was just a little bummed. I wanted to see more and, and I get that. Um, but, um, I liked the episode. I thought they did a really good job of, of pacing the episode. The story w- was really well. They didn't use a lot, a ton of visual effects. There wasn't. This was not a huge visual visual effect episode, um, which I'm okay with. I, I think sometimes it's nice to take a break from that and give us, you know, a, a little bit of of uh, practical effects and 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 whatnot. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I, I thought the story was cool. Obviously, it's it's a monster of the week story, so it's it's not you know um integral to the to the story other than the parts with catch and, and dude catch is creepy and the whole time I'm watching that like I'm just like dude Hello. yeah yeah I'm just like this is so weird bro and and then and he already confirmed that they weren't going to be there. So I think the thing that really bummed me, I was like, they're all wearing tactical gear. I'm like, dude, you're not getting in a fight. Hey, so Dean
2: could have booby trapped that whole place. Exactly. I mean, I, I guess, would totally believe. But that. But I'm going
0: to tell you right now, guys, that a flak, you know, a, a, a ballistic vest isn't going to stop shrapnel from blowing your legs up. So yeah, but a, uh, a crossbow. A
1: soldier also isn't going to go into battle without his gear.
2: Yeah, but no matter
1: what, he, the, no matter. They the already
0: knew. They already knew that they weren't going to get into a fight. Because Ketch had already found out that they were gone. I Maybe that's just
2: standard issue.
0: And they. Have I mean, to I get that. It. I just I'm being nitpicky. Let's be honest. Um yeah. that, But the whole scene was creepy as hell. Like I just taking the picture. Him sitting longingly at his desk, staring at it. Like, dude, I'm sorry, but he's obsessed. I, I, I yeah, he is. Yeah, he, that exactly what Mike just did. You guys didn't see it, but it was really weird. Um, so yeah, I I like the episode. I think they threw in some good stuff. This, I like the nostalgic thing at the end? I like the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was, uh, it didn't seem like it was too forced. I mean, I could see your your point, Mike. I don't think it was forced. I, I just, well, it's uh, just intentional. I think uh, they're yeah. just sticking to my outline. Um, <laughs> oh, God. We'll play back
2: the episode again. We need to know what Mike said. Uh, you do write the next three episodes. So
0: stupid. Um, if, uh, we're grading. I'm going to give it, you know, I'm going to give it an A minus. I like the episode.
2: All right. A minus from Ryan. Mike, what about yourself? What did you give it? It's a B plus episode. The episode as a
1: whole was a very solid episode from the monster of the week element to the emotional feels of the brothers at the end. I felt like it had all the proper writing tactics involved to keep us guessing. And it was also there to propel a little bit of, uh, and of, uh, Dean and Sam's emotional arc this season, which has been a little bit on the, uh, diminished side this year. So I felt that little bit was good. The episode as a whole was a solid episode. John Bring, I'm a fan. My problem, I think, is as a whole. Again, and as you get closer to the end of a season, it's very hard to start separating and distinguishing between episodes and the story arc as a whole, and I think my issues that I had this year or this this week have nothing to do with the immediate episode per se, but the writing decisions of the showrunner.
2: Points off, points off for a season so far, right? Essentially, but the episode itself was was
1: solid and entertaining.
2: All right, B plus for Mike myself. I really enjoyed this episode. It started off a little campy for me with how Black Bill looked, but I thought the Basically. horror elements. <laughs> <laughs> the horror elements of this one were on point, and for me to actually be to jump from Supernatural after 12 years says something about how well it was done, whether it was the sound or the the music choices or the lack thereof in a couple of scenes to the visuals and the limited perspective and not seeing the monster as much as we did see it. A lot of that fed into what I like from horror and the Hitchcock vibe and what really makes me... Feel creeped out when I'm watching something scary So that worked for me Immensely well I thought The brother dynamic at the end While I could see what they're trying to do It worked for me and As Mike said I'm a Supernatural fan So I'm a sucker for a lot of that stuff I only get yeah. really mad at that when it's So deliberate and it uses it as a band aid For something it should like right. Oh it sucked but this part you guys Will love
0: that whole sucky part but then there was A cool part in the middle of the sucky that, part That's
2: when yeah. I get mad about it So it wasn't enough of that for me. Um, I do understand completely what Mike's saying as far as the season. And this is something I think we've all kind of mentioned throughout this year. The season has been a little bit rocky. It has the potential to pull things out of the fire, but it it leaves a lot of questions. We keep thinking it's going to go one way and then we've been wrong or they've done something different. So it really does matter as we're getting down to the last, what, four or five episodes? It really does matter what they do with it from here, and there's less time to, oh, it'll, it can change things, or this episode can be a uh, C episode, because the rest of it, we have time. As you get closer, it all matters more, and like finals, the, the test is coming up. So, for me, though, this episode was not A-minus overall. So with that, guys, I think, oh, my, we're going
1: to read a few comments oh, from Facebook. Comments. Uh, Jennifer Renee says, I've been pretty hard in this season so far, and it's seemingly uh, going nowhere. Stories and characters. But the last five minutes of last night's episode was what Supernatural is all about. Dean and Sam talking about their legacy and what would happen when they were gone was the depth and the emotion that we have been missing all season. <clears throat> Uh, let's see, Barb, Barbara Reeby says, I loved how they filmed the actual monster this time, the way you never really got a look at him. It's an old movie trick, but it's true uh, that what you can't see is much scarier than what you can. It was also a nice uh, continuation of the monsters uh, I get. This is in quotations, monsters I get, people are crazy thing that they are hitting pretty hard this season. All around, I enjoyed yeah, this one quite a bit. I felt like old school supernatural. It felt like old school supernatural. Very creepy and surprisingly effective. Um, Let's see Ka- bu- 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 bu. Kathy Waters wrote a good Monster of the Week episode and that ending took me totally off guard with the conversation. Uh, When the conversation started, I began to frown and said out loud, I don't like this convo. The minute Dean got the knife out, I knew what was next and it yeah. up.
2: Yeah, it definitely does hit at the heartstrings if you realize how long the show's been going on. Yeah,
1: uh, Christina Harm says, sorry, accidentally. OK, hold on. Uh, I totally agree with your reading of this as a bridge season and that Crowley and Cass had to be removed from the board for now. Uh, but I wonder why Cass wouldn't just tell Dean and Sam that he went back to heaven and couldn't continue his search for the Lucifer baby. Are they building up searching for Kaz as another item on the to do list? Nephilim and Lucifer and the British Middle Letters aren't enough. That's a question. Also, I'm a little bothered by how different the British Men Letters are portrayed compared to when the Men of Letters were first introduced with Harry Winchester. Um, you know what? That's an interesting thought. And that's something I think we might have tackled either last week or the week before, that there is a clear difference. But much like when an organization is left untouched and there is no control and there isn't the checks and balances, it becomes something very different. And I think at the heart, the British Men Letters is very much like the original British Men Letters from the 1950s as how we were introduced. But over the course of what,
2: 70 60, years, 70 years,
1: uh, you can see how it's very easy. Just look at our own history and our yeah. own government. You can see yeah. how things drastically change.
2: Well, look, at, let's say it is an academic institution in the 50s. Right. And that's what the British or the American chapter was. These guys in suits who just invented things and did research. As technologies moved on, I think it's kind of obvious that that's not going to work anymore and they need more Instructional schooling And and the British mental letters Clearly do things very different The Americans were wiped out in the 50s Right There was nothing to build on
1: And, and what was it The 1970s That they claimed That there was no more monsters Or vampires Something they said? like that For, yeah.
2: for England so, so they
1: Obviously something changed In those 20 years Different tactics Yeah For sure uh, Kathy Tyler says After listening to your last podcast With the writing outline This episode to me Follow just about every point you talked about. That being said, I'm in the middle about how I feel about this episode. I find myself the odd one out among uh, my discussion groups because I see the attempted inner story process, not just the pretty men or the missing brother moments, which I, too, enjoy. Uh, For me, a show uh, keeps my attention by the story, and it has been a struggle this year for SBN. So for me to put everything together, logically, I am chalking up season 12 as a dream season. (laughs) And that's partially what she wrote. Uh, Christina Johansson also writes, uh, the only thing I hated was the waitress being a red herring. I think she was a bit of a sexual stereotype. Uh, Let's see. Where is the rest? Okay, Uh, everything else, though. Wow. This episode looked and sounded like a movie. The guest actors were all fantastic and the plot was genuinely interesting. Whoever directed this episode deserves to direct the Supernatural movie. I agree. Yeah, the directing was Bill, all on point. Bill is a very accomplished veteran director. I like his direction. And just with the things that we saw this week as we were discussing with the choice camera blocking with the uh, with the monster and looking through the bars of the, the sewer slash yeah. prison was very well done. Um, the Red Herring, the waitress being a red herring, I think was a little bit sexist. I don't know if I can agree with that. I can definitely understand if it was a, a, a throwaway moment, but this is kind of in a lot of ways, a very crucial element to Dean's behavior as a character. Um And also something we've seen since the very beginning so of Supernatural. One. Um If this, I think it was, if you want to define this as sexist by design, then that's what it is because they, this wasn't them in the, in the writing room, not being in tune with things and being just sexist sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. I think they intentionally wrote this scene like this to bring back the old nostalgic feels of Dean. Something we haven't seen. We haven't. We don't or see to piss this off
0: of... the shippers. What, is, what
1: are they shipped? Oh yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, with uh, Destiel. Well, I mean, but, if, you, if you do want to go to the nostalgia, if you go now. back, just just the that's how Dean behaves, and whether we like it or not. Guess what? I guess you can kind of. You can kind of define Dean as a womanizer, and i know I'm going to take a lot of heat here, but is Dean a womanizer? Is yes. Dean sexist? I mean, that's definitely an argument to be had, right? That's definitely uh, a discussion you can debate. I think he very
2: much is a one night stand, and that's been proven. I mean, just in the few episodes ago regarding Dean, she slapped him, and he had no idea. But at first, he when she came up to him, he's all like, "Oh, hey, what are we talking about? You're hot, yeah. right?" Then she slaps him. He's like, "Oh, I guess that didn't go so well." We know this is. Just who he is, and if
1: Supernatural is having a, a a a reputation of being sexist this year or in the last couple of years, then I'd say yes, this is definitely something we need to look at. But I mean, they have made leaps and bounds over the past few years to to make the show a little more diverse, I guess. And frankly, and 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 I'm not one of those people who subscribe to that line of thinking that the show needed to do that. I fell in love with the first five seasons because of how the first five seasons were.
2: Yeah. But I also think it's been established time and again. Dean is a one-night stand except for the rare woman, a.k.a. Lisa. Yeah. And Sam is very much the romantic and the relationships. Look at him in Eileen. Look at him and Jess from the beginning. Look at him in Ruby. Look at him in anybody. Yeah. Yeah, but look. He's always been the one to be more heartfelt. And, and fall into that romantic genre
0: more than dean ever has let's be honest though he bangs that chick out and then he walks her to work the next day oh man like seriously though he just wanted breakfast though <laughs> <laughs> that awful breakfast that yeah. sam
1: had so i mean i i i get i get uh christina's point i understand it yes but it was intentional like it yeah it, it was intentionally designed that way um. Alright, so Gretchen Engel says, I've been more positive about this season in general than the majority of the fandom, I think, but I really enjoyed this episode. I've seen Moloch used as a monster before and other things uh, on Sleepy Hollow most recently, and I really liked how they used limited glimpses of it here to great effect. So creepy. Scritchia never disappoints. And, the, of course, the carving of the initials. My heart. Yep. So it seems like a lot of the fandom is on the same page, meaning this this was a strong was a episode, strong episode. for the most part.
2: I think a lot of people liked this one for the right reasons, and I think if you had issue with this one, it's not maybe so much this episode as I do feel it is more this season at this time and where are we going with it, which right. again is something we've been talking about for quite some time. So, unfortunately, we have a week off now with no Supernatural. This Thursday, we're not, we have no episode, which i always get mad about that but at the same time soon enough we're going to be in helatus and that's when it really sucks (laughs) that's when it really sucks so we got (laughs) sorry i was like we're not ready (laughs) yet a little early there haas so we are going to be off for a week unfortunately Um. but we're hopefully we're rationing up to the end of the roller coaster here for season 12 and hopefully we start to see some more structured, uniform progress, I think, towards yeah, the
0: overarching absolutely. story. Don't
1: be so critical, Thomas.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, I was Mike. the Debbie Downer this one. Okay. negative bias. at
1: least i'm looking at narratives no you're you're looking at blue fire i mean come on okay (laughs) and and floating books those are your complaints let's take let's take my complaints and and compare yeah the very first time lucifer was brought in remember you were talking about the books how they looked at it like they were on puppet
0: strings oh yeah (laughs) yeah i didn't say i'm not petty Oh, Blue Fire. Oh, God, that's a, that, oh my guys, God, so good. Oh, Thank you for listening. If I was a showrunner, I'd be more pissed at the Blue Fire than <laughs> than the critical analysis. Yeah, because you'd be like, you I motherfucker. Just, I just got to be Blue Fire, can wear. Yeah. <laughs> With
2: that, guys, and the Blue Fire, we're going to say goodnight. <laughs> thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Check out the Patreon page if you want to see more during the week off or the upcoming latest. That will definitely be a source of entertainment. Anyway, that's going to do it here for us, guys, at Supernatural The Crossroads. Thank you all, and we'll see you all in about two weeks. Later. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, (laughs) ass-butt.